was coming up now on Established in the Faith. Was he exposed to something? We don't know. But something got into that little boy and killed him. And let me tell you, there's something getting into our kids today and our young adults, and it's killing them spiritually. It's killing them spiritually, it's killing them physically. Hello, neighbor, and welcome today to Established in the Faith. This is Pastor James Pierce of Friendship, Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina, and how so very pleased and happy we are to be with you today. Got a great message lined up for you. Hope you can stay with us for the next 30 minutes. If not, let me encourage you to go over to establishedinthefaith.com. There you can listen to today's message as well as many others that are in podcast form. Well, we're going to go on into the message now. Hope and pray it'll be a blessing to you. have your Bibles this morning, would you turn with me please to the book of 1 Kings. The book of 1 Kings. 1 Kings chapter 17. I'm going to pick it up today in verse 22. 1 Kings 17 verse 22. And the Lord heard the voice of Elijah, and the soul of the child came into him again, and he revived. And Elijah took the child and brought him down out of the chamber into the house, and delivered him unto his mother. And Elijah said, See, thy son liveth. And the woman said to Elijah, Now by this I know that thou art a man of God, and that the word of the Lord is in thy mouth is truth. I want to stop right there and use for a subject this morning, preaching a few minutes. Elijah's greatest miracle. No other prophet in the Bible has been more vividly described and imitated than that of Elijah. Elijah is one of few men in the Bible that God gave power over the weather. He stood before King Ahab and said, There will not be dew nor rain these years, but according to my word. And this drought went on for three and a half years. For two years, God provided for Elijah down by the brook Cherith. God fed him in this place by the means of ravens. God knows what to do to provide for you. Whatever your need might be, and I said that because I don't know if you've noticed it or not, but the shelves in the stores today are getting thin, a little bit bare. Some of the things that you used to get at the store, you can't get it now. 
And if you can find it, you're really having to pay up for it. The prices of things is going through the roof. And the temptation will be to not give as much to the work of God. If you give in to that temptation, let me tell you, you're cutting your own throat. You need to give to the Lord and you need to give to His work and make sure that what you're giving to is His work. And put God first. If you will make God's problem your problem, He will make your problem His problem. Well, you say, well, now God ain't got no problems. Well, He does. He does have a problem, and that's getting this lost and dying world out here saved, and he's using you and I to do it. That's the problem, and if you'll make God's problem your problem, he'll make your problem his problem. Glory to God. He will supply your need. He will meet the need, and the Bible says that the brook Cherith dried up. After about two years. And someone would ask, why did the Lord allow that brook to dry up? If God provides, couldn't he have miraculously spoke to the brook and made that brook continue to bring forth water? Yes, he very well could have. Elijah could have stayed right there by the brook Cherith for that whole three and a half year period of time. But God had something else in mind. He knows all things. And he knew that there was a widow woman in Zarephath. She wasn't saved. But he knew that if this woman were given the opportunity, that she would give her heart to the Lord. And Elijah was the one through whom God would use to give her that opportunity. So God allowed that brook to dry up. And I said all that to say this. God knows what to do to get us moving in the right direction. When it's time for us to move on and go somewhere else, He lets the brook dry up. So if you're questioning some things today, whether I should stay or whether I should go, just just look at the brook. Look at the brook. Some of you listening to me by radio this morning, you're going to a church, and that brook dried up a long time ago, but yet you are still there. It's time for you to move on. It's time for you to get in a church where the Word of God is being preached and taught under the anointing of the Holy Spirit, and God is moving in that church, and you're getting fed, and you're getting the water that you need. And let me tell you, that's getting harder and harder and harder to find today, ladies and gentlemen. God told Elijah, he said, it's time for you to go. I want you to go to Zarephath. There's a widow woman there that's going to sustain you. And when Elijah gets there, he finds that that situation is less than sustainable. This woman, she only has a handful of flour 
and a little bit of oil in a cruise. And that's all she has. And she says, I'm going to make a cake. And me and my son, we're going to eat it and we're going to die. And that was the situation. And Elijah said, make me a little cake first. In essence, telling her to put God first. My friend, it might be the last little bit you have, but if you'll give it to the Lord, if you'll give it to the Lord's work, you will not go lacking. He told her, make me a little cake first, and then go make for yourself. For thus saith the Lord God of Israel, that barrel of meal will not waste, and that cruise of oil will not fail until the Lord ends this drought situation. And this is the opportunity that's presented to this woman. She can either make a cake and eat it and postpone death by a day or so, or she can make a cake and give it to the Lord, give it to His work, and He'll postpone death indefinitely and provide whatever is needed till this drought is over with. And that's kind of where we're faced at today. Because we're in the beginning stages of this drought, folks. We got another three years to go. We got another three years to go with this junk. And we're going to have to look to the Lord to meet our needs. Because let me tell you, the government is not going to meet your need. If anything, they're only going to make things worse. Because they don't believe God. They're not saved. They're controlled by demon spirits. And they have doctrines of devils. And we're going to have to lean upon the Lord and trust the Lord in these upcoming years. More so than we ever have before in the past. And this woman went and did as Elijah said. She made that cake and gave it to Elijah. And every time she reached down in that barrel from then on out, there was flour there. And every time she turned up that cruise of oil, there was oil in there. As many times as was needed. And let me tell you, word got around. And I imagine there was constantly people coming up to her door, knocking, can you make me a cake too? God turned that little house of that poor widow woman into a bakery. <laughs> I imagine people were coming. It, God supplied for her need and everyone in that community. And every time she reached down in that barrel, there was flour there. And there was oil there. This was another miracle that was performed at the hand of Elijah. A great miracle. A sign. A wonder. But you know, for some people... It takes more than signs and wonders and miracles. There are some of you listening to me right now. It's a wonder that you're even alive. The doctors even told you that you're a miracle. But yet you have not given your heart to the Lord.
today. There are signs all around us. Even the lost world out here can see that things ain't right. And they can just feel that something is about to happen. Signs. Wonders. Miracles. They see these things, but yet they will not give their hearts to the Lord. And it takes a drastic situation to get their attention. What's it going to take, sir? What's it going to take, ma'am, to get your attention? For this poor widow woman, it took a casket to finally get her attention. The Bible tells us that this little boy got sick. 1 Kings 17, verse 17, It came to pass after these things that the son of the woman fell sick, and his sickness was sore, and there was no breath left in him. This poor widow woman, she's already lost her husband. And she had a son. He is all that she has left. He's just a little fella. And she holds him now in her arms. And she stands before Elijah. Her son is dead. Let me tell you this. Something happened to that little boy. Now, we don't know what it is. The Bible doesn't say. I, I, we, we don't know. Did he eat something? Did he get into something? Was he exposed to something? We don't know. But something got into that little boy and killed him. And let me tell you, there's something getting into our kids today and our young adults, and it's killing them spiritually. It's killing them spiritually, it's killing them physically. I talked to a nurse the other day. She worked in the emergency room at a particular hospital for years. She said, Preacher, let me tell you. She said, I've seen them come in so stoned out of their minds on these drugs that we literally have to tie them down to the bed. Drugs. Alcohol. There's a problem when you go to church and the majority of the people is over 60. Where are the young people at? There's an attack today on our young people. Where are they at? Why are our young people not in church? When I was coming along, there were things to get into. I remember as a kid that pornography was something, it was in magazine form when I was coming along, and it would be in the stores, but they always kept it behind the counter. 
and you had to ask for it. But I can vaguely remember it. There was a store in Bailey. And for some reason, they moved that material out front to where everybody can see it. And some of the members in our church began to complain about it. And some things were said, and the owner of that store moved that material back behind the counter. Now, that was back in the day when the church had a voice in the community. Today, it's reversed. The community out here has more to say in the church than the church has to say in the community, and that's a problem. Pornography was hard to come by in my day. But today, kids can view it over their phones and the parents don't even know anything about it. Let me share this with you. Surprisingly, the average age of a child, the first time they see internet pornography, is 11 years. Kids don't have to be looking for pornography. It is programmed to find them. To think it won't happen to your child leaves them at risk for stumbling upon sexually explicit material online, whether they're looking for it or not, that they are not developmentally able to handle emotionally or mentally. Tweens. Now, when I read that word tweens, I'm like, what in the world are they talking about? They're talking about children from age 8 to 12. Children age 8 to 12 and teens are at the age of natural curiosity about sex. When presented with the opportunity and such easy access, many are choosing to view pornography and doing it more than once. Today's porn content is drastically more graphic, violent, deviant and destructive than anything ever seen before. Highly sexualized, violent material poses many risks for a developing brain. In the adolescent years when brains are still developing, viewing porn can deform the pleasure centers of their brain. Neurological research has found that pornography is particularly addictive because of the neurochemical release in the brain that occurs while viewing it. For many youth, the euphoric high that occurs quickly develops into a coping style for escaping emotional distress. Studies have shown that kids who viewed pornography for hours each week have less gray matter in their brains than those who did not view it. This means there are fewer neurons and neuroconnectivity in the pleasure centers of the brain, leaving the brain craving more while making it harder for the same images to provide pleasure. Therefore, young viewers seek more graphic and violent content, and it is an indicator of an addiction. 
Males make up the majority of those addicted to pornography, but females are also addicted. Youth that view pornography once a month or more are at a greater risk of developing depression, listen to this, depression, anxiety, sexual permissive attitudes, preoccupation with sex, inability to distinguish between fantasy and reality, unrealistic ideas about sexual relationships, insecurities about body images in females, and insecurities about sexual performance in males. As an adult, they are more likely to be unfaithful to their spouse. 56% of divorce cases involve one party having obsessive internet or online pornography. With the increase of internet pornography and pornographic addictions, there has been an increase in violent sex crimes. An increase in child pornography and sex trafficking is at an all-time high. Parents, it's time to let love overpower the discomfort of discussing this topic. Talk to your tweens and teens about pornography. This is not a one-time conversation. Look for teachable moments in the media and daily life. Remind your child of your family values. Tell kids where pornography may pop up online and what to do if they find it. Turn it off and talk to a trusted adult. Reassure them that they will not be in trouble if they come to you right away. Teach them about responsible online behavior and rules. Establish house family rules such as computers, laptops, must be in the main living areas. Devices must be kept out of the bedrooms. Phones must be turned into parents at night for charging. Block pop-ups on computers. And most importantly, frequently check kids' phones, tablets, and computers, their text messages and emails. Look at the pictures, social media, and other apps. This is not an invasion of privacy. It is your responsibility as a parent to keep your tween or teen safe in the age of technology. It is your responsibility to keep your kids safe. But you know, kids are exposed to things today in the school system. When you send your kid to public school, they are exposed to a lot of things that you and I didn't have to deal with when we were coming along. And let me tell you this, I stand behind Lieutenant Governor Mark Robinson 100% in the stand that he has taken against heterosexual pornography and homosexual pornography in our schools. This filth has no business being in the schoolhouse. And let me go ahead and tell you something else. When you send your kid to school today, they're not teaching them how to think. They're teaching them what to think. They're being indoctrinated with all this critical race theory garbage. It's communism 
That's what it is. Our kids are being brainwashed today. And they are being exposed to things today that's killing them spiritually. I know a couple right now. They were sending their son to a Christian school. But they didn't have a football team at that Christian school. He wanted to play football. And there's a thing wrong with playing football. But the parents took him out of that Christian school, put him in a public school because he wanted to play football. And a month after they moved him into that school, he was caught smoking marijuana. Our kids are being exposed to things today. What did Elijah say? He told that woman, give me that boy. Give me that boy. Catholic Church says, give me your children from age 5 to age 12. And after that, you can have them. Why? Because it's during these years their brains really get programmed in the way they ought to go. And after that, what does the Bible say? They will not depart from it. Give me the boy. Well, what is he going to do? Y'all come on back next week and I'll tell you. today has been a blessing to you and you would like to have a free CD copy of this message, just give us a call or text us at 252-299-4234. You can also go to establishedinthefaith.com. There you will find today's message as well as many others that are in podcast form. But perhaps you need someone to just talk to or to just pray with you about something. Again, just give us a call at 252 252- Two nine nine four two three four. This program is an outreach ministry of Friendship Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina. As well, depends on the prayerful and generous financial support of listeners like you. To contact us or to contribute to this ministry, go to establishedinthefaith.com. Click on the Donate tab. It's easy and all donations are safe and secure through PayPal. You can also mail us at Established in the Faith, P.O. Box 601, Bailey, North Carolina, 27807. We look forward to hearing from you. Hello, I'm Haven. And I'm Juliana. And you've been listening to Established in the Faith with our dad, James Pierce. He's the pastor of Friendship Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina. That's right, girls. And every Sunday morning we have Sunday school starting at 9 o'clock and worship service at 10, as well as Bible study and prayer meeting every Wednesday night at 7 o'clock. All of these services are broadcast to the parking lot for those of you who wish to participate drive-in style. And the church is located at 744 Friendship Church Road in Middlesex, North Carolina, near the EMED community. On the website, if you click on the Contact Us tab, Google Maps will bring you right to us. We would love to have you, and we hope to see you there. And we hope today's program has been a blessing to you. Thank you for listening, and God bless you.